In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure. Cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia Lymphoma Society, LLS, will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps, inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, or your treadmill. Climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, cure. Register at lls.org slash bigclimb. High in the air, Brito back at the wall, adios, pelota! That's the type of manager that I'd like to be, which is the same every day. They know what they're going to get. They're going to get energy. They're going to get accountability. They're going to get structure, and they're going to get support. And I'm going to bring those things to the dugout in the clubhouse regularly. It takes hard work, uh, and it takes humility, taking one step forward at a time, making one good baseball move after another. And I really feel like that's how we're going to get where we hope and intend to go. You're listening to Bags and Brisby on Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 73 of the Bags and Brisby podcast. I am Grant Brisby. I am here with Andy Baggerly. And we are here to talk about uh, how, I don't, what are we here to talk about, Andy? Like, <laughs> what we talk about sports ball for a living, and that is not, no one cares about that right now. As we were sort of messaging what, what we should talk about, you know, on this episode with everything that's going on right now. And, you know, our job is to inform you and entertain you uh, in the context of, of baseball. And, you know, it's not like there are even games going on where we can, we would feel bad talking about baseball right now if there were a full slate of games and we were catching you up on what just happened in a Giants-Rockies series. And, and, and this is, we're talking about non-baseball or the potential of baseball uh, amid, you know, uh, unrest, amid uh, a country that's on fire right now, amid a pandemic. It just, it's it's really, really hard to to wrap our arms around what the right thing to talk about is. But I, I guess the one thing that, that we definitely have some credible expertise on is baseball. So I, I guess that's what we should talk about. Yeah, even during the normal times, if those were ever a thing, uh, it was it was easy to feel like baseball, like, what are we doing here? Like, you know, I, have I really devoted my life to uh, men in pajamas hitting a ball with a stick? Like, there, there's a time where you look around and, and I don't know what will trigger it for you, but I'll just look around and I'll, I'll read a particular news story and think, what? what? Well, man, I really? I'm, I, I'm focused on baseball? And then you get to the idea of, well, you know, it, everyone needs to have some sort of escape, some sort of uh, artificiality in their life to where they can just pretend that the most important thing in the world is Travis Ishikawa against Michael Walker. Uh, so, I, you know, I go back and forth and I, I think that's the only reasonable response. But this is sort of that's when things are normal. And now that everything is on, like, just seeing images of, of protesters wearing masks to to prevent the spread of a pandemic, it's so surreal. And I can't, 
Like I, I just, my brain's not on sliders right now. You know what I mean? Like I'm not thinking change-ups or two seamers. I, I just don't know where to go. Yeah. And you know, I, I flashed back to um, a couple conversations that I had with a couple players in what at the time we didn't know were the last sort of days of spring training in March. And uh, they were players who, who participated in the game in Baltimore, uh, the White Sox-Orioles game with no fans, which was just you know, unprecedented at the time. And it was because of the, all the civil unrest in Baltimore um, following the death of Freddie Gray, uh, you know, who was injured and later died while in police custody. So, you know, it, it it's, it's like we're talking about games with no fans because of a pandemic, but yet it all seems like these things are linked together in, in a way. Um, you know, it, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a lot to process. And I think we probably all feel that way. I feel especially like my voice is useless at the same time. There's the idea of like, no, if you have, you know, followers, you should, you should address it. Like, you know, I'm caught between it. Just, it, it just feels as if what what am I going to say? And I think I've I've deleted uh, you know a hundred drafts of different tweets. I don't want to be performative, uh, but it just what I keep coming back to is it, like there are people who are as soon as things get violent, it, it's a, a switch flips and it's like oh well you know now I can ignore it. Now I can ignore the 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 rage you know that that's behind this. And that's like the only thing I feel like I can add is is from the perspective of someone who is marshmallow soft, uh, like what how, how much would have to be taken away from you to feel as, as if violence in the streets was like your only option, the only way you could be heard? How much would have to be taken away from you? And like I, I do this as a thought exercise and it's just like, you know, you can't just say, well, you know, I simply wouldn't get that angry. No, no, no. Everyone has a tipping point. What would have to be taken from you to get to that tipping point? And then you have to re- realize it's been it's already been taken from others, from other Americans. And it should scare the absolute hell out of you. And it should make you furious. And I can't even begin to wrap my brain around it. Um, so that's where, that's where I'm at. And, and so I, I don't want to make light of, you know, I don't want to come on a baseball podcast and just be like, you know, Ooh, how about that proposal from the MLBPA? Like, I just, man, I just, I don't, I don't know where to, where to go, where, how to fold that in. Yeah. And, and this feels different than some of the past, uh, incidents of police brutality, um, uh, than the past, uh, um, you know, civil unrest that we've we've had in, in just our lifetimes. Not not to mention all of the history that precedes us in this country, which you know, we can do you know, hours and hours and hours on. But as much as it feels different, how many times have we had massive school shootings? And it's like, okay, Sandy Hook, this is different. This is first graders. This is terrible. Yeah. You know, now there's going to have to be action. No action. Nothing changes. And it's I I feel like as someone who was, you know brought up in Catholic schools in the suburbs and always had this hopeful, optimistic view of our country, our country's place in the world, a champion for freedom and democracy, that things were sort of moving in the right direction. You know, like the the the, the MLK quote about the, the arc of the universe is long but bends toward justice. Like, okay, we're making progress. And it just feels like, I hate to say that like part of my optimism has been just dimmed or, or just outright snuffed out. But that's how I feel right now, and it's hard not to let that sort of rule over, like, how I perceive everything right now. Um, 
and yeah, we're we're, ta- we're trying to talk about baseball in the context of all that. So, you know, I don't know, maybe this is the last thing people want to listen to right now, but um, I don't know, it feels like disingenuous not to not to at least share what we're feeling. Yeah, I mean, have you been following the the official MLB Twitter account? Um, you know, I think I saw a couple statements from different teams. Um, I have not seen the official MLB statement. If there was one, do you do you have it in front of you? Uh, no, I. It, that's the thing. It's just sort of business is, is normal. It's maybe the most tone deaf uh, account on. It. Say uh, the last the last tweet was twenty two hours ago. So at least they've they sort of um, cut it off. But twenty two hours ago, it was. Can Bryce Harper pull off a what if Derby upset against Hank Aaron? It's like, oh, oh boy. Okay, so we're we're thinking about a, a, a hypothetical home run derby um, between Bryce Harper and Hank Aaron. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I cannot go there. And you know, specifically using Hank Aaron, uh, you know, who who means so much in the historical context of African Americans in baseball uh, against Bryce Harper, uh, who's you know just uh, just a guy, but a kind of a a goonie bird of a guy, uh, uh, a star for sure. But he's not Hank Aaron, and and that tweet just. Someone got the message because that's the last one. But for you know, before that, it was hey Barry Bonds versus uh, Cody Bellinger, who would win the What If Derby? And I, I just I can't care about that right now. I just I what? Who cares? Yeah, you know, there was a tweet from Adam Jones, um, African American player, All Star player. You know, helped lead USA to to the its only win, a gold medal win in a World Baseball Classic. Just a, a really good, solid person, um, respected by everybody who's ever encountered him and he's you know assigned to play in japan this year and he was responding to sean doolittle's uh tweet basically um you know uh, expressing support for for the african-american community and and saying look we we have to do something and and one of the things that that aj said was i know you're going to take some poop emojis from people over this and i thought how how messed up is that let's just think for a second how messed up that is that a black player has to uh, acknowledge and thank a white player for speaking up. And even though he's going to take some crap for it, why would you ever take crap for championing, you know, racial justice and, um, you know, systemic oppression, trying to shine a light on it? I, it's, and, and I want to hear from more white MLB players. I do. I'm, I, how many tweets have you seen from people? I'm not going to mention names, but how many tweets have you seen about, the you know commenting on um, the negotiations, how you know the the, the players feel like they've been sort of uh, had the rug pulled out from under them by the owners, thinking they agreed to to play for prorated salaries. Um, how many how many tweets do you see on Memorial Day in support of veterans? And that's great. That I mean, but where are they? Where I mean, I, there are only a few, and the ones that right. stand out are powerful. If you don't if you don't follow Jack Flaherty, the Cardinals pitcher on Twitter. He did um, uh, just a, a very powerful and supportive tweet about how the system is just failing people who are disadvantaged time and time again, and it's and how we can't stand silent. Uh, and today's the day to start, so we can make a difference one person at a time. And and he 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 titled the whole thing with "I can't breathe" in all caps. And we we need more of that. You know, you were saying you deleted a bunch of your tweets because you felt they might have been performative. I feel that way too. It's like, you know, do I want to perform and, and what, what do they say, virtue signal or whatever? But at yeah. the same time, if we do have a platform, I do think it's our responsibility to encourage people to speak out. And and the more voices we can put out there to say, you know, 
this is not right and we want to do what we can to to try to to stand in league with these people who are protesting there are all kinds of machinations around the globe and they're getting more and more sinister whether they're from russia or whether they're white nationalists or whatever and they're trying to make us feel like we're the minority they're trying to make us feel like our opinions are not the majority opinions and that's false they're trying to gaslight us i mean it's a coordinated it is it's a coordinated attempt so that's the only way we can fight back is if and if some people feel it's performing then so too bad you know as long as it's genuine which you know um it certainly is uh i i I, i'm very inspired to read something like what jack clarity tweeted and yet at the same time i'm also disappointed there isn't 50 more of these that i can read on twitter let's pause to tell you about manscaped manscaped is here to make sure you're well groomed above and below the belt manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to shaving thanks to their lawnmower 3.0 manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their perfect package 3.0 This third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Shaving is about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts – the Shed Travel Bag, $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. So go to manscaped.com today and use code THEATHLETIC. Yeah, I mean, I even, with with Jack Flaherty's, I retweeted it and then I undid the retweet because it was sort of like, well, am I amplifying just just the white voice? Like, is that, like, how is that? Why is it so... (sighs) unique like why do i see that and go wow this is different because that's exactly what i what i said to myself when i saw jack flaherty this was not like hey we need to we need to work together uh for the sake of working together and come on guys you know like hey let's let's all hug it out like it was like no 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 like the the the, george floyd was murdered um you know the the badge and blue uniform are there to distinguish those who are meant to protect their communities not uh terrorize and kill those you know it's it's like he he's he kind of laid it out there in a way that I haven't seen a ball player, a white ball player do before. And you're right. It's it's to see that for some reason it rings like it feels like that is that arc of the moral universe. You know, it's just that that tiny little bitch, you know, to see Dale Murphy out there and talk about his son. Uh, and, you know, Dale Murphy is, is long been on Twitter, sort of like hitting the right notes when it comes to this sort of thing. Um, but I don't think think I would have remembered that in like, you know, in 67 with the riots and, and, you know, Willie Horton getting up there with in uniform and, and diffusing something like I, maybe it's, I'm too young and I wasn't around then, but I don't remember there being like a lot of white players on the Tigers necessarily saying, yeah, listen to, listen to Willie. I agree, you know, here, like laying it out in the way that it needed to be laid out. Um, so maybe there is some sort of change, something that's, that's uh, bending that, that moral art. And one other thing that you amplified and I amplified and, and it was just heart wrenching to read. And yet it was also just so beautifully expressed was Marcus Thompson's piece. And mm-hmm. if you haven't read it and, and you have access to the site, please do read it. It's, it's uh, it's just so from the heart, and the thing that that he touches on is that you know he goes back to the James Baldwin comment um, that to be African American and to be relatively conscious in America is to be in a rage all the time, 
And you got to read that and you got to understand that is that is the way of life for people who have many of those experiences. And I think what's different is, you know, where we would see support in the past would be thoughts and prayers. Hey, let's all come together. This situation's messed up. You know, we understand that that this is wrong. It's it's it goes beyond that. It goes to now. It has to be an expression of I'm raging with you because I am really upset that this is still happening. And uh, and and I think that's the only way that that we can form a, that kind of bond. I, I hate to use a negative emotion, but it I I feel like seeing that there's more rage being expressed uh, from from people who are not part of those communities that are being um, exploited and, and, and being beaten down. Um, that's maybe, maybe that's the big change we're seeing right now. Do you know if that's unlocked that Marcus Thompson article? I hope it is. I think it is. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to open that in an incognito window because it was presented with such precision. I am very unfamiliar with the works of James Baldwin. I mean, I just, it's not something that I was uh, exposed to. And that quote, that starts the framework, you know, what he goes into. And it's just sort of what in the, in that tweet, I, I didn't, I was kind of unconsciously plagiarizing uh, Marcus Thompson because it's sort of like, you have to imagine this rage and you have to, you really got to understand like how this, this doesn't just happen because of, uh, because other people are wired differently. Like there has to be something stripped away over years, like a like a glacial canyon that that uh, leads to this, and you have to understand that. And there's it, there's almost no way to if if you're not you know if if you're white like me and privileged like me. And but you gotta like stare at it, it like an eclipse without sunglasses. You gotta just look and say, "How does that happen? Holy crap! That this kind of rage, it, it, like it doesn't just come out of of nowhere. It's not just a, a geyser coming out of the earth. It's like it's gotta build and build and build. And I I can't I can't imagine it. And the only thing I can do is try to imagine it. And and the only way you can get through every day is to try to trick yourself and, and be numb to it. And, and right. in a way, the only way for for us to get through every day, knowing that we are part of a country that you know we grew up um, you know reciting the Pledge of Allegiance and not thinking about the fact that this country was built on slavery and genocide. And it doesn't mean that's what this country has to be about forever, but we, we make ourselves numb to those facts on a daily basis. All the ways that we have privilege, uh, we numb ourselves to those facts because to face the reality is pretty damn ugly. Um, and the best thing we can do, I think, is is just try to work to achieve, you know, justice for everyone. And, I mean, some of these notions are, are, are um, going to be impossible to achieve in, in our lifetimes. But I just, I just wish that... Um, our society showed that we cared about each other more and that there, there's just more of a common kindness and decency toward each other. And there was less that, that drove us apart. And, and, you know, we just don't have a lot of examples of that right now. No. And, you know, I could go real freshman dorm on you and like my philosophies, my half-baked philosophies on, on, on life and stuff like that. But it, it does feel like everyone at the core is, it's, it's, I don't know if I'm going to screw up the Latin here, but memento mori, where it's, it's the idea that you're going to die one day. And that is like the, 
the driving force behind everyone's actions is is at the end there is going to be the great injustice for everybody and and it's it's like the the great leveler it's it's that you are going to like you're constantly aware of the idea that at some point your everything you love is going to be stripped away from you and when you have that at some point you have options. You can say, well, this is awful. Let's make it less awful for everyone around me. Or you can focus on that and go, this is true. So my whole life's philosophy is going to be, fuck you. What about me? And I think that more people are aligned with that, uh, that, you know, F you, what about me philosophy that don't necessarily believe it but they've sort of aligned themselves it's sort of like uh, yeah yeah you know what yeah yeah fuck you what about me you know and that's how you're gonna live your life and right now the people who are saying screw you what about me they they have the power right now and that is a guiding political philosophy right now is just screw you what about me you can like distill almost any political argument almost every single one down that where you you basically have this idea that there is an amount of money that is too much to lose too much to pay for to guarantee that people have health care like there is just like it, there is a number in in but if you tell someone like Hey, push this button and you save $100,000, but you kill X amount of people. They won't push the button. It's got to be vague. It's got to be, uh, you know, it's got to be sort of it, 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 something you can't touch. And uh, I don't know. I just, I just feel like caring, like getting to that point where we realize we're all sort of in this mess and we got to just make the best of it and make sure that you're treating everyone, you know, the golden rule, like, like you would like to be treated. And I don't know how we get so far away from that. Well, I think I'm going to quote the great philosopher, I believe it was Gandalf the Grey, that said, (laughs) all we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. And, um, you know, some some people are going to, I would think back when I was in school, it's like, you know, what if I had lived in the 60s? Would I have been out there protesting? And, uh, um, and now I'm like, basically, we're living in the 60s now. It's it's just as much unrest, just as much. And it's it seems even more deceptive because we've got a president who is trying to destroy all of our institutions and gaslight us and, and make us not believe what's right in front of our faces and try to destroy the free press and people's uh, faith in, in, in the way we get facts and information so that they can create their own because they know their position is so untenable and just this obfuscation of of the truth it's uh uh there's there's a lot to be in a rage about um but i guess if if we can steer this back toward baseball um which again seems you know like such a frivolous thing to do right now but at the same time you know i i do think that if they can find a way to play um it, it will be a good thing it will be a good thing for for you know just giving people some some respite and yet, you know, we we can't just turn our brains off to what's happening and go enjoy a ball game either. So, um, you know, I I hope that they can get back on the field just because it'll give me something to do selfishly um, uh, from a professional standpoint. But um, you know, at the same time, it, it's it's uh, I I'm lo- I'm looking to see how baseball can chart a way forward that's going to be responsible. And I still haven't 
I still haven't uh, sort of seen evidence to that. Yeah, I'm almost of the opposite kind of idea where it's almost important to me that there is nothing going on right now. Like, I, I'm kind of grateful for it that, that this is what the focus is, that, that the spotlight is shining on this. And I wonder if we had sports... Um, you know, what What function would they play? Would they be a distraction? Would they be a way to just sort of turn your brain off? Is is the idea that there's no baseball right now, is that uh, amplifying what needs to be amplified? And I, I think in a lot of ways, yeah. I, I think it's right now, you don't, you can't escape for three hours. You can't just sit back and listen to, to John Miller or Krug and Kipe. Like you just gotta, you gotta, if you're going to have that TV on, it's probably going to be laser focused on this. And I don't know. I think that's a good thing. But I, at the same time, I'm with you. I would sure love to be able to, to shut my brain off and, and, and have that privilege. So I don't know. I go back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, even going back to what I mentioned before about the game in Baltimore with no fans, when, when I was talking to a couple of players about their memories from that day, um, you know, I was asking them, what, what was it like? And, uh, and uh, it, it was it was really kind of off-putting because a couple of them, you know, they talked about, oh, you know, you could hear the broadcasters when you were in the dugouts and you could hear them read the pitching lines. You could hear the umpires talk to each other about where to rotate and, um, you know, all that. And, and, and I said, what was it like outside the ballpark? And, and they said, well, you know, we felt safe because we had the National Guard there and uh, it was wild to, you know, look out the hotel windows and stuff. But there was no commentary whatsoever on why what was happening was happening or what they were feeling about being in that situation. It was all about, hey, the National Guard was there with really big guns. So that helped us feel feel safer. Um, mm. and, and I just, I was disappointed. I was disappointed that, I mean, that's not what the story was about. The story was about how weird would it be to play without fans, um, which, you know, looks like that may be what, what we experience. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, baseball players for the most part are, are they're not they haven't led the way like uh, like basketball, like NBA, like like Colin Kaepernick, certainly. Um, and I, I don't think we should expect that to change. Um, but I, I would I would love to see if baseball does return, um, that there is more of a social responsibility, that there is more um, of acknowledgement about the ways that this country is changing and. Um, how they can be a positive part of that change. Most of our listeners are in and around the Bay Area. What better way to promote your business than through our show? Our listeners are loyal and engaged, just like you. What better way to advertise your business than on your favorite podcast? To advertise on this very show, just go to www.theathletic.com slash podcast ads. There, you can fill out a very simple form. We'll get back to you right away. So go to theathletic.com slash podcast ads. www.theathletic.com slash podcast ads. It's hard to believe that that was five years ago. Five years ago, that that Orioles-White Sox uh, uh, game. I mean, that just feels like it's simultaneously 50 years ago and also... How could nothing have changed, and how could everything have just just degraded even even more, and and disintegrated even more? Like I just, you know, I'm reading what I wrote, uh, just sort of glancing over it back in 2015, and and when they cut to the the empty stands, Jim Palmer, uh, Orioles announcer, he started his introduction by noting that in 1968, Baltimore went through uh, and quote what six seven. 
eight days of, uh, you know, race riots and whatever. And like, I just remember going, oh my God, what are we doing here? This is a Orioles White Sox game in like, how are we, how are we trying to toe this line between profundity and like, you know, uh, uh, meaninglessness. It's, it was bizarre. It was, you know, obviously the most uncomfortable um, game I think I've ever watched. And at the same time, I don't, I don't know, maybe maybe sports would do something now that we were hoping it would do when this was just like the COVID problem. And now that it's like, oh, that's right, society didn't stop because of the pandemic, maybe it's extra important or maybe it's even less important. I, I just, I can't wrap my head around it. Well, and, and even before, um, you know, what happened in, in Minneapolis happened, um, you know, we were already seeing disproportionate amounts of black and brown people being hospitalized and killed by COVID-19. And where was the outrage about that? Um, You know, people will flip on a dime when they say, okay, protesting is great, but looting is not. Well, what about the the tax bills that basically looted billions of dollars and, and made billionaires richer amid a pandemic? I mean, there's there's just so many different ways that you can turn this uh, prism, and, and and none of the colors are, are pretty to look at. Um, so, yeah, part of me wants baseball back just so we can at least have a little part of our day when we're not kind of marinating in all this. And, and like you said, part of me is glad that we don't have anything else to focus on. It's It's hard to come up with a lot more profound things to say, really. All right. This has been... Episode 73. We didn't even talk about Barry Bonds hitting 73 home runs because who cares? But at the same time, yeah, let's let's take a moment to think about Barry Bonds hitting 73 home runs because that was pretty darn cool. I'd like to thank our producer, Tanika Smellers, for doing the great work that she does. I would like to uh, have everyone sort of stare directly into the eclipse. That would be my only advice to you, and, and let's see what's going on. Episode 73, we will be back on Thursday. Thank you so much.